Truly, everything's random. Who the fuck ate the Mars bar? Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the toothless tradesperson. So, guys, how is everyone doing? Al, what have you been up to? <laughs> Amazing. Brett, what have you been up to? <laughs> what? How do we not comment on that? <laughs> well played, Al. Uh, yeah, screw it. I'll start off. I have been working on micro build uh, inspired by Steve's boss, Alex Pohl, Ironwork, which... I had a chat with Steve about it and I'm I've decided that you know Alex put up this amazing photo of the tiny axe that he made which is a micro version of the axes that they do at the forge um so I figured instead of full on copying that because I already copy everything Al does I should probably copy my own style of something so I'm doing the cat's claw yes and the kooky bearded axe is taking me four billion hours to make something five inches tall because somebody warned me it was going to be very difficult. <laughs> Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, I, I've been warning people that making tiny axes is more difficult than it appears. <laughs> no joke. Good Lord. Um, yeah, aside from, aside from taking the piss out of Brett, I have been losing a tooth. That was fun. Uh, eating a roast potato at a wedding and half my tooth fell out. How mm. does a roast potato take your tooth out? That sounds like the start of a joke. Uh, basically, uh, when I was... About... Because? <laughs> yes, I was and? Fifth... Yes, uh, and? It wasn't cooked. <laughs> yeah, No, it was, it was a perfect it was roast. Really it was actually cooked. really nice. Yeah. Oh. Um, no, it was a good roast potato. Uh, no, basically, about 15 years ago, I... <laughs> I went up behind a friend and made him jump. And he turned around and smacked me in the face. And I lost half a tooth. And uh, it was capped. But it's got like a little bit of a nerve um, exposed. And it really hurt. Uh, So yeah, that fell out. And I had to get that sorted. um, Which is why I missed out on going up to see Waffles um, today. (laughs) Uh, Today being Monday. Um, So... Yeah, I was planning on going up and seeing him and having a basically like a, a router lesson because I've got a router now and I have no idea what I'm doing with it. And Waffles actually knows what he's doing with most things. Um, you should use it like your flap disk and turn it upside down and do yes. things with it. Like a, route, like a router table. Mini router table without yeah. a table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> without a table. <laughs> just an upside down router. No table, you just use it upside down. Just freehand. <laughs> I, I might try that. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. Um, I've got Rich here um, tomorrow in the workshop, but I'll talk about that on next week's episode after it's happened. Uh, yeah, that's it. Can we actually hear, Al, have you been, you've been up to stuff? No. No, he hasn't. Al, do you want to tell us about what we're going to talk about this week? Yes. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> yes! That's more exciting than one. Yes! So, Steve uh, really wanted us to all ask each other questions like they do, no, on, fucking all, didn't. Like they do on all the other podcasts oh, um, about how we make guitars. But what we decided instead was to just open fucking a random... <laughs> Just open a random word generator and just ask each other uh, questions based on what the internet tells us to do. <laughs> Uh, so the plan this is, is this is all about thinking on your toes right now yeah this is it it's, it's, it's about um yeah blue sky thinking uh business words uh it's time for a hostile makeover so we've got a random noun generator we've narrowed it down to at least nouns because to describe adjectives would be a bit weird but basically we've got to say everything that we know or make up stories about uh random words and I've got the best ones to kick us off with. Yes, you do. <laughs> Steve. Oh, fuck. You've got a minute to tell us everything you know about a pipe. A, a pipe? A pipe. Uh, a pipe. What, what kind of pipe? So Just you, you a minute and it's slowly running out. Uh, I don't know a great deal about pipes, other than like the fact that plumbing is pipes and plumbing's <laughs> weird. I don't like plumbing. My drain's blocked and it's upsetting. 
that's about it. I don't know what else to say. This is really weird. I feel under pressure 45 now. seconds. I've already said everything I know about pipes. Come on. There's a thing. There's types. There's types of pipes. Types of pipes. Yeah, but what? Yeah, you've got. I, I can't think of anything. You put me under pressure now. The two of you. Have you ever heard of a slide pipe? A slide pipe? Like a trombone? Crack pipe? Well, yeah, that's kind of where my head was going, to be fair. A trombone is effectively a slide pipe. <laughs> Half pipe? Quarter pipe? Everything's I'm not just pipe. naming fractions. I was, <laughs> I, was taking, I was taking you down a, a, actually, an extreme sports route to see if you wanted you, to go at that angle, Steve. Because you're say, off in the uh, I, I can actually bring this back to making now. Now that you said how, that, uh, here he is. Great, you have 10 um, seconds left. Go. So, in uh, Headingley, in Leeds, there used to be a place called Revolty Towers, which is where the Revolt BMX team used to live, and they built a half pipe in their garden. Uh, and I had a friend that lived there, and I stayed there, and it smelled of garlic mayo in the basement, and it was weird. <laughs> Minute up. That was good. Good ending. Well done. Well played, sir. We should actually time a minute. All right, let's try and do a minute. This is going to be a lot of minutes. Stwat. Right. With random chatting in between, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, okay, I want... I'm I'm taking the next one. Pardon. Al. Yep. Tell me five things you can do with string or rope. With string or rope. Uh, is there a definition of the difference between string and rope? Tell me Al's definition of the I difference. I think I would say that rope is is made from bits of string. In order to make rope, you have to use other, the smaller bits of string. No, there must be some sort of uh, uh, like cut-off point where it becomes string and it becomes rope. I can tell you five things you can do with string. You what about can, twine? You can, oh, no, twine's for the garden. It's all, it's all abrasive. Um, you can truss... Uh, a, a leg of meat with string. Twenty seconds. Ah, it. cooking it. Yeah, you can cook with it. Um, you can uh, wrap the handle of a knife if you wanted to. Ten seconds. You can um, bind wood together to build primitive structures. Or a slingshot. You can make a slingshot. You can make a trebuchet. That's a quick minute. That is a quick minute. It's really fast. Yeah. So, think, Al, hold on. We should go two minutes. Let's go two minutes. All right, let's go two <laughs> minutes. But I think uh, what I would like to do, since we're since we're playing off the cuff right now, what I would like to do is if there's something interesting that's brought up in the two minutes, expand upon it, Right. Yes. maybe for a little bit longer. So, Al, okay. specifically the trebuchet, mm-hmm. right? The cool yep. thing that, like, I'm, I've always been really into medieval warfare and, and weaponry and Beat crazy... Weapons. Yeah, crazy stuff that people made back in the day before yes. we had tools. So, what is the difference between a trebuchet and a catapult? Catapult. Catapult. So, a trebuchet um, uses levers and fulcrums in order to uh, propel ammunition. So, it, it uses the power of um, yeah. So, a, a fulcrum. So, you have a weight at one end, and you have a long beam. And you have the the ammo at the other end, and basically, uh, as the weight swings, you can have a really long beam, and it will basically fly things for miles. Whereas a catapult uses tensile strength, so it uses uh, elasticity. So either uh, the, the pulling back of elastic or rope, um, or the, the 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 tensile strength of wood in a bow, for example, um, like a crossbow, and that's how a catapult works. A crossbow is just a catapult that fires arrows. Yep, correct. We got there. <laughs> Perfect. This is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I'd like to look at this. You know what? I'm I'm going to try and get this back into a really positive situation for anybody that's listening. This is the kind of... This uh, is the kind it's of too late. That these, these little weird brainstorming sessions and stuff can help you when you're at an idea block of something to build or something to work on if you're trying to do like a hobby build, something for fun. This is the kind of crap I do to myself. I just write every single thing down that pops into my head and then figure out how feasible it is. Or get inspired by something like a piece of rope and then make a rope shelf like I did for the wall. That's what that came out of. I had a big bundle of rope and I wanted to use it for something. I've got one for you, Brett. Oi. Name four 
of the best purple things? Uh, aubergine. that makes me really happy that's just because al hates them um for the best purple things flintstones vitamins oh wow the grape grape ones (laughs) what yeah the grape flavor most grape flavor things are terrible purple is about what about grapples grapples yeah they should be called grapples but the the brand name is Technically pronounced grapele because, yes, I like grapes, but I don't know that I would put them on my four top four list of purple things. Um, purple Rain, yeah, is a Ooh, fantastic, nice. fantastic Prince movie. Please go, go watch it. There's a good build on that. <laughs> it's good. Um, Purple People Eater. I don't know. That was a fun song back in the day. <laughs> one eyed, one horned. Hold on. This is really hard. Yeah. Especially when you don't come up with the noun. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I hope anybody listening to this is just like, it's a, this is the purple thing that everyone should know. Um, <laughs> so this is the everyone shouts at the uh, the radio episode. Yeah. Let's we go. Go. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I need I one more purple thing. Timer. Yeah. I need one more purple thing. I know I'm getting got, really close. To you've got 12 people. seconds. Uh, pur- purple. Uh, Barney, Barney. Uh, yeah, you could have had Barney. You could have had Purple Haze. Uh, you could have had Cabris. Ooh, but you're American, so you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't. Um, um, how about how about the irises that bloom at my mother's house? Oh, that's uh, they're they're quite beautiful. You could have had LSP. We'll be Space Princess. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that was fantastic. Steve, your turn. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to. This. this Ooh, Al. Yes. I want you to riff for two minutes using the word. I'm just going to get my timer started. Using the word dumbwaiter. Dumbwaiter. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So, in my head, I've been inside a dumbwaiter and gone up and down, but I don't think I have. I think it was just one of those things that you imagine when you're a kid, like, yeah. oh yeah, I remember jumping down the entire flight of stairs as a kid, but you obviously didn't. Yeah. You just imagined it. Um, so, that begs the question, can you get inside a dumbwaiter? Does it physically have the size to fit a person in? And if so, does it also be able to carry the weight of an average person? I don't know. Um, that's one to test out. If anyone lives in a hotel, uh, let's, <laughs> let's check that shit out and get inside a dumbwaiter. Um, but you can get different sizes, though, can't you? I don't know. What, well, what is a dumbwaiter? Divine. We're back to string and rope again. What's, uh, a, yeah. what's a service lift or a dumbwaiter? Yeah. What's the definition? Uh, dumbwaiter is it's about how it's powered. Oh, is it? Is it all uh, yeah. just counterweights? I think so, yeah. I think pulleys and counterweights. Can you yeah. have sideways dumbwaiters? What if it's in like uh Surely if it's sideways, it's a smart waiter. Ooh. Cause what if you're in like a submarine or something and you just want to go across? Horizontal. <laughs> yeah, you just want to go horizontal. Are there horizontal dumb waiters? Somebody tell me. Because you get horizontal lifts and they're really cool. I, I think that would just be referred to as like a belt. You know, like like a, like a conveyor belt. Things. No, no, like the conveyor belt. Yeah. That's no, but it has to specifically belt. be like a little, a little cabin. Contains the capsule. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's but... like a cabin on a conveyor belt. What about those yeah. things that they have in Tesco? The diagonal ones the, where they put the cash in it and it just goes. What are they called? The uh, the, the vacuum tubes. The Futurama uh, yeah. transport system. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is Elon Musk's next uh, big venture. Yeah. The Hyperloop. Hyperloop yeah. and sideways uh, dumb waiters, smart waiters. Ah, oh, did you see um, uh, uh, Tom Scott's uh, one of his latest videos? He gets on a, a, a lift that actually goes up and over, and it's just a con- it, like a, it's a continuous movement rather than one that you get on and, a pre- and press a button. It's just constantly moving, so you have to get on it whilst it's moving. What did he did Fucking he win? Cool. Did he win the chocolate factory? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. That's two minutes. And that's dumb waiters. I feel like dumb waiters were shown a lot in movies. 
Like every single movie yeah. back in the day in, that took place in an old house or old hotel. Like I remember this is a garbage movie. Dunstan checks in with the. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. There was a dumbwaiter situation going on in that movie. I believe home oh, alone also used the dumbwaiter situation in lost in New York. Ooh, the second one. Um, yeah. there's, and, gotta be, there's gotta be one in the shinning. I don't know that there is. Ooh. I don't believe there is in the shinning. Anyway, all right. Who's next? Do I go again? Do I go? I gotta go, Steve. I gotta go, Steve. Oh shit! Ready, Steve? No. <laughs> this go. is so planned out. I know, right? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Are you still trying to find one? I'm okay. just looking for one that's gonna be fun. Um, <laughs> Oh, hey, here's one that came up. So tell us everything about the north of England. Ah, the north. The north. It's, it's grim up north, isn't it? It's all just stones and moss. Um, and who do north, we know that's up there? Uh, so, so many people. But th this is the question, is where is the north? Like, because to me, you go north of Bristol and it's north. <laughs> to Al... I'd imagine it's probably north of Sheffield. It's pretty much Newcastle and up. <laughs> so, what you don't, you don't consider yourself to be in the north? Not now. No, this is like I'm in France, basically. <laughs> and the Midlands don't really exist because who wants to go to the Midlands? Um, yeah, no, the north is it's it was great like a few hundred years ago when they had mills and stuff like that, and now it's just. Shit. It's good for tunes. Ooh, who? What? Who? Who? Good music-wise came out of the north. Who good music-wise? I don't know. Oasis, the Beatles. <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> oh, oh, rubbish. Never heard of them. Don't know what we talk about. <laughs> Interesting that you would put Oasis and the Beatles in the same. <laughs> Brian Johnson. <laughs> That's all that really matters. Yeah. Def Leppard. Um, Brian Johnson was Midlands, wasn't he? What? Have you heard him? <laughs> um yeah no uh the north's uh weird it's it's um it was full of industry and now it's full of yeah basically it's uh, weird though that the the u.s like the northern part of the u.s or at least like the central part of the u.s in the north we have the rust belt that's where a lot of industrial yeah. you know production was done back in the day and that also is just done like that's yeah. why everybody jokes about Detroit being desolate and whatnot because all yeah. of the industry left. But see, I'd love to. I mean, there's just a latitude line that, like, manufacturing yeah. got cut off across the globe that you yeah. cannot work on things above this man <laughs> this latitude line. But I mean, a joke jokes aside, like you saying that about Detroit. Detroit is somewhere that I would love to visit because of the the industrial heritage of it, and I think that's one of the things that does genuinely attract me about being. Um, up north is the industrial heritage um, just because down here there was a lot of um, we had a lot of, of farmlands or mines um, like tin mines and things like that whereas and so we had a few foundries and things whereas up north there was just it was a lot of coal mines there was a lot of um, uh, water mills there was a lot of uh, of mills of, of different types up there and like I find that sort of thing fascinating Um and I think oh, the... Steve Steve loves a mill. Steve loves a water wheel. I Steve fucking love water wheels. One of these days, you know, I know you're in that house now, but I'm kind of surprised that you're not just like, no, we're not settling here because the house I will live in will have a water wheel attached to it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we, me and Jazz have had that conversation. Like basically, <laughs> if if we move, moving somewhere go. that's got running water because I want a water mill. Um, yeah, and to be fair, actually, you did have one good thing to come out of the north. And that's uh, Fred Dibner. Not you. No. no. Fred. Just just Fred. Fair enough. Next word. <laughs> right. Brett. Oi. I, I want to know everything you know. No more colors. <laughs> this could be a color. <laughs> I want to know everything you know about soil. Ooh. Ooh. -wee. So I grew up with 
a grandfather who was very into gardening and had his own vegetable garden for as long as I can remember before he passed away. And then my mother and I started the vegetable garden at her house. Um, after he stopped, we realized that we really liked having our own tomatoes and or tomatoes um, and peppers and whatnots. So we started our own. I had to learn why my grandfather's garden did so well and the soil felt like soft, pillowy, uh, brown awesomeness versus ours, who was just black, 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 black. And terrible and hard and everything like that. So learning things about how much sulfur can exist in your ground or how much phosphorus and all of the chemical makeups of nitrates. Yes, nitrates. Doing things like burning wood and taking the ash and spreading it within the soil and then tilling it over will soften it and put all the good nutrients back into the earth. Um, And so I started working on uh, different plant species and which parts of the garden they would actually work well in. And there are certain ones that work better in a drier can have some clay in its soil versus stuff that really, really needs soft, beautiful, awesome soil, which is why I had basil plants six feet tall that made hundreds of dollars of basil probably every year. And we ended up just turning into pesto and kind of throwing out, but (laughs) Um, sorry, Al. Uh, So as much as I know about soil, I am, I come from the land of farmers. Uh, with the wheat fields and whatnots, and we've had blights, and I've had friends that have been devastated by poor soil years and things with too much acid going on in the soil. I can't say that I actually know a lot of the chemical makeups and what it takes to have good soil versus not. All I know is that Kansas soil happens to grow uh, anything that you would grow in Italy. Grows in a very similar fashion. Yeah, grows very, very well in the soil in Kansas. Which ironically don't come from Italy at all. They come from America. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's really important, things like soil. I think, um, and also, it's not whether it's good. It just depends what you're growing. So Exactly. Yeah. And how much, I mean, how much were you guys focused on that when you were doing all of your chefery? Yeah, that's it, certainly. It's, it's, you know, regional things, uh, seasonal things, things that suddenly will you know, not be available because of certain weather conditions and suddenly yeah. you're screwed. Um, I can't grow like carrots or anything around my area because there's no sand in the soil. Um, but, you know, things like lettuce and cabbage and things are awesome here because yeah. they love the clay because they love the minerals in the clay. But um, yeah, super interesting. I'd, lo- I'd love for any any of the guys in the community that are keen gardeners to kind of speak up and tell us about it because it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Honestly, it's one of the more cathartic things that I ever did, because especially my my mother was a teacher um, and she just recently retired. But when I was back in Kansas, uh, when I moved back um, after my stint in Las Vegas, I ended up having to spend a lot of time doing the till work and stuff because she wasn't going to get out there and try and run the machines or, or the shovels. Um, and it's super cathartic. Like mm-hmm. talk about cleaning your brain out and, and being able to focus on something. There's nothing like turning the soil for three months and then planting seeds and then watching a tomato plant grow out of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it is like, it's like your God. <laughs> it's just, it's like, I've created life. It's like well, it's very can... similar to that. You know, you make something really nice, Steve. You know, I'm sure when you smith something out that actually turns out the way you plan, which happens yeah. seldom, it's like, oh my god, I made that. I made that out of raw steel. Like I am, I am amazing. But man, there is something about plants and making. Yeah. You don't really have any control over the. You know, you can prune the the leaves and everything like that. But man, gardening, I would suggest yeah. it to anybody in this field just to <laughs> keep your head straight. It's funny. I've spent the last uh, couple of days talking to Jim from um, Wave Cycles. Who's that? Because he's yeah, he wearing his t-shirt. <laughs> Boy, I love this t-shirt. I know. I love Jim. He's fucking lovely. Um, the old wooden ship, Jim. <laughs> but yeah, I've been talking to him because he's obviously been dealing with the shit weather that what shit for farmers weather that we've been having uh, in the UK. Um, Welcome to the weather podcast, folks. <laughs> Here's what's on the dock this week. Soil and weather. Soil. 
and uh and yeah it's it's just been a really uh interesting chat with him because obviously i've got a farming background as well and um and yeah we kind of got into like a really geeky conversation about soil and weather and stuff and uh yeah it's fun <laughs> foils mills with soils <laughs> oh. you've got to right, say, so... say it in a west country accent or it doesn't work foils with soils that was welsh there's a there's a problem in the lower field sir yeah <laughs> that's better all right uh whose turn is it i've got one for steve oh uh, okay. do it again back to back steve yeah. I want to know what your ambitions are to work with glass, or as you might say, glass. Glass. Yes. Uh, to work with glass, I actually genuinely, when I first started, um, or when I first got into blacksmithing, first course I ever took was at the Dorset Centre for Rural Skills, and there was a glass blowing course there as well. And I would absolutely love to learn uh, glass blowing. A lot of people think that because... I've got a source of heat as in a forge that it must be similar to glass blowing. And I know for a fact it's not, it's like, that's hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just get things hot and you just hit it and stuff. Uh, and yeah, you I would glass. fucking, yeah. Okay. Why not? Um, I've got a friend that does uh, glass. I'll get it to a fin. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a friend that does uh, glass fusing um, where she basically like gets uh, chunks of glass lays that in certain patterns and like different colors and shit like that um and puts them in a, a kiln and gets that hot enough that they they just start to seep into one another lazy stained glass yeah basically um and it's fucking awesome like that was really really cool do we have any um, glass workers in our little area anybody um, that actually does glass blowing or anything interesting somebody, somebody posted something on instagram the other day actually yeah i think there's a i know that there's a couple of people that have done um like uh, weekend courses and stuff. But I don't think we've got anyone that does full time. That is definitely one of those skill sets that I've been completely fascinated by. Ever yeah. since we, uh, during art school, we looked at Dale Chihuly. Yeah. And his work, and he's this kooky, famous, you know, glass blower, glass sculptor extraordinaire. He's, and and when I lived in Vegas, uh, the Bellagio Hotel, that's like yeah. every friend that would come in town that would go, show me the strip. We'd yeah. take him to the Bellagio and be like, look up at the ceiling. <laughs> well, as I say, because it's funny you say Vegas, because one of the other things that I'd really like to do with glass, other than um, actual glass blowing, would be uh, neon sign um, oh, making. Yes. I've, I've yes. done a load of yeah, research yeah. into it, and it's so fucking cool. Um <laughs> But like you've you've got to be so accurate with it as well, um, and like especially the traditional actual glass ones and everything, as opposed to the modern ones where they do use a lot of um, like plastic and LEDs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 proper neon sign making is incredible, and uh, I've got a friend in London um, who London London uh, smoke. who lives uh, or who who's been visiting a place called I'm sure he said it's called like the graveyard or something. Um, and essentially, it's just packed full of. Um, Wait, rib- in Vegas? Uh, no, in London, which is where oh. I said London. Hey, shut up! We have a graveyard. <laughs> we have a neon. It's called the Neon Graveyard. It's out in Vegas, North Vegas, and yeah, it's all the old signs from stuff yeah. that's been blown up. Yeah, I mean, and I think the one in London is basically the same thing. It's just Fantastic. packed full of old ones. So I really want to go up and visit him, mostly so I can go there. I will admit that an ongoing. Uh, would like to attempt to make thing that has existed in a little, my little notebook has been, can I make a light bulb? Hmm. Nice. Like even if it's old and ugly and looks like one of the original Edison's because it's, you know, effectively handmade. Yeah. How difficult would it be to make something that we absolutely could buy in droves and take for granted nowadays with all the led swirls and spirals and everything like that. Just how difficult would it be to actually make a light bulb? Hmm. And make it work. Like, yeah. do you plug it in, turn it on, and it just goes... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made a flashbulb. <laughs> All right. I want to give one to... Wait. Yes. Ow. Ow. I got one for you. Um, I... Okay. 
uses for some reason this is what's popping up so last question i asked you was about ropes and and strings this one is chain oh i want uses for chains or construction of chains or different styles of chains i've had this chain since i was 10 years old so you can imagine how big it was when i was 10 i was like for our visual listeners al is pointing (laughs) to the thing around his neck yes it's a necklace um so imagine how massive it was on my little mr t tiny body when i was a kid um (laughs) (laughs) fool. yes so the uh the the song by Fleetwood Mac uh the chain which uh, <laughs> as you all know is uh the 1977 classic um from the album Rumors um also includes the <laughs> well also in, also includes the uh, the post credits song which is pretty rare in in music um uh Running in the Shadows which is used by uh, the BBC for the Formula 1 show so every time you heard mm-hmm. uh, the Formula 1 music it was actually a, a kind of a, an annex of the song "The Chain" by Fleetwood Mac, um, and it's a great song. <laughs> um, again, like ropes, chains can be used to moor ships, uh, much bigger ships than yes. uh, than maybe a small barge. You might use a rope for. Um, <laughs> chains were used in medieval times to uh, keep rapscallions in control <laughs> um, in the cellars and the dungeons. Um, Chains are also useful in toilets. Uh, pulling the chain and flushing the chain uh, is now a colloquialism for uh, just generally flushing and getting rid of shit. So everyone <laughs> use that saying. Um, I love that you yeah. sound so informed. You're like, well, and now well, the thing about getting rid of your shit. Yes. And uh, the last chain is the chain that we all make as makers. Oh my! We connect with the community. <laughs> yes. Oh, and those paper chains that you make at Christmas. Yeah. Where you cut out the little men. Yeah. All so as, as an offshoot of that, I want uh, Steve, as a blacksmith, what, is, what does it take to make a chain link? Uh, just one. Oh, bicycles. <laughs> also Thanks. a different kind of chain. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Santa, it, it, it's funny. Though, I was going to say, there's a guy. Chainsaws. Uh, I know of who every time he goes into the forge adds another link onto a chain. Um, and nice. it's a really cool progression because you can see like the first time he was ever in there and he made this really dodgy, really badly welded together um, link uh, all the way up to where he is now. And he's got this fucking huge, great long chain and like the latest links on it are absolutely perfect. They're really, really ideal. The forge weld on them is nearly invisible. Um, but how explain that, that explain that, as best you can since we don't have visuals but uh when it comes to smithing i i feel like some of the earliest stuff that i was looking at when i was researching it is just something as simple as can you curl a piece of metal onto itself and weld it without using an actual welder right so that's where i learned what forge welding was yeah can you explain like how how does that actually you turn the bar in on itself and then what uh i've never made a chain but the process itself. Sounds like you need something to do. <laughs> I have too much. Uh, no, uh, making a chain. Yeah, it, it is basically that. It's it's funny. You know the the really big anvil that we've got at the forge. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a chain maker's anvil, um, and it's designed as such so that um, to explain for people that haven't seen it, uh, it's got a normal horn on one end. It's a round horn, and on the other end, it's got like a, a like a flat topped horn. Um, and the reason you've got that is that you've got a flat surface on which to to work and to weld something on, but you've got that horn shape so that you can push the link of a, a chain over that to be able to weld on it. So you've got this flat surface you can knock down on, but to be able to wrap the whole link around it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, what you would normally do is have it so that you have, uh, a, if you start with a straight bit of bar, and you'd have a step down on each end, um, so each end would be a little bit squished, and then you'd wrap that round over on itself so that they were overlapping. Um, uh, and then you'd heat that up and knock that together. Yeah, I, was, I, I always thought it would just be like butt jointed. Uh, no, well, I think some of them are, but it's easier to, like, I've always seen it done uh, overlapping just because it's, you're going to get more um, yeah, area of contact. Stronger, stronger joint, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and back in the day, the... Um, that's when they used to use uh, 
it, it, like in in shipyards that's the only use i've ever seen of a two-man sledge um, which is basically a, a massive sledgehammer with a handle coming out each side in like an a-frame shape um, and you get two two guys swinging it together um, and i've only ever seen it used in in chain making yards the reason i even bring it up as a as a question to you is because i love similar to the light bulb it's something like a chain where you could go and buy chain yeah. link from any big box store now but when you look at it back in the day and how they constructed those things who was the yeah. genius that was like right tell you what <laughs> rope is okay but i bet i can make one out of steel yeah and then who the hell came up with the idea to make these concentric circles you know and forge weld them into each yeah. other and do all these things and then was like right your rope sucks my chain is better yeah and chain. Well, one of the, the simplest ways I've seen, because obviously back in the day, it would have been wrought iron, which is easier to, to forge weld. Um, but one of the other ways I've seen it done, and I think it was actually Rory that I saw do it, um, is basically making a shitload of S-hooks. Um, so you've got basically like 100 S-hooks, but they all interlock. Yeah. Um, and then the, the S-hook is actually closed up so that they're completely linked together. And that's kind of a bit more of a an ornamental... Um, uh, uh, looking chain. I think that was early early chains were actually done that way. It was just yeah. a lot easier, and you, didn't, you don't have to weld yeah. it. You can just close it. Yeah, uh, exactly. chain mail. Yes, yeah. chain mail as well. It's really just a woven set of chain. Yeah, it is beautifully uh, done. Anybody cool. that wants to attempt making their own chain mail, get ready. <laughs> I debated on it, and then I read that it was going to take something like 250 hours to just yeah. sit there with a pair of pliers, and I was like, nope, never mind. Yeah, it's a ridiculous amount of time, but it's, it's fucking awesome when it's done, but oh, man. Yeah, what's really cool is going on eBay and finding somebody that doesn't know what they have and selling it to you for $40. <laughs> I, have, I have actual, like... It's me thrill. Yeah, it's, it's elven me thrill. No, I got a, a chainmail hauberk for $40 on eBay wow. because the person had no clue what they were holding. Yeah. Um, and it's even got riveted riveted chainmail on the nice. on the underside so that you yeah. can open it up if you do want like more motion. Oh, yeah. Up, which yeah, it's ridiculous. Not everybody needs to go and just own chainmail, but try going <laughs> and looking for like a full chainmail t-shirt properly made with good steel. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what the pricing is on those and then what I got away with. Yes. Oh, Steve, you're up. Oh. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think this is going to have to be the last one because uh, we're getting on for time a bit. Are we already there? Uh, well, we're at nearly an hour. Don't try Galvin, Brett. It's your last one. Yeah. This is so fun, though. I know. It's really good. <laughs> uh, right. Brett, I want you to riff for two minutes and let me grab a stopwatch thing one sec right oh you're actually going to time me on this one yeah i keep forgetting that went out the window. <laughs> yeah. right uh, i just want to make sure you don't give up early that's all uh well if i talk long enough now i might not have to do it at all yeah uh, you're gonna have to do it uh, i want you to riff for two minutes on the word obligation <laughs> okay i'm gonna take this into our maker world situation to try and bring it back home but um as as the word obligation goes, especially in my life nowadays, um, as as makers or people that may produce things for social media or YouTubery, um, I'm constantly batting battling uh, my personal obligations, right? Where they're self imposed, and like I didn't post a video yesterday, right? You I've been told by plenty it. of people that it's like you got to post every week. That's how you keep the YouTube yeah, guys happy. And algorithms, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the, I basically had the, um, the choice of trying to follow somebody else's imposed obligations or my own, right? Which was, I'd really like to finish this build that I'm working on right now and get the video up because it's it's been fun and there's a lot of learning experience going on, and I think it'll look cool when I get finished with it, but we're only our only obligations for this makery fun hobby stuff and why it should be fun is that you're not beholden to anybody else. Yeah. And so if you feel like you're obligated to do a build and put something online, you, you're not 
no one's holding you to that and no one's holding your feet to the fire and fuck them. <laughs> nice. I, I like that. That was a good way to end. Um, yeah, I think uh, obligation, it, it, genuinely, I was looking at the words and I saw obligation come up and I wanted to, to hear your thoughts on it and you did me proud. Well, do you guys have anything to add to that, though? I know we're getting short on time, but oh, yeah. from I your perspectives. Like... Um, I, th I think obligation is an interesting one because, like you say, the majority of obligations that that most people um, seem to come stuck by are, are self-imposed. Um, and people think, I need to do this because of the, the, the YouTube algorithm or whatever. And, uh, oh, for fuck's sakes, Al. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to ignore you and keep talking. Um, but I think obligations are an interesting one because it's, it, it's, there are certain obligations that you can't get around. Like I'm, I'm obligated to, to pay my mortgage every month. I'm obligated to, to, to do this work and I'm obligated to, um, when I post something that Al's made, for example, I'm, I'm obligated to, um, to, you know, to mention him and to talk about him, tag him or whatever. Um, I'm not necessarily obligated to to do that if if I'm posting something where I've made it, but if if it's because he's taught me, then then I have an obligation myself to to still talk about it and still mention it. And I think that's that's something that I feel very obligated about is I like to and I'm using Al as an example because we talked about him earlier on, but I I feel a personal obligation to to shout out to the people that have helped me so you know that's that's you guys that's jim that's that's al that's waffles that's all of those kind of people they they offer genuine help and i feel an obligation to use the position i'm in to to shout about them and talk about how fucking awesome they are yeah alex absolutely it was like an inspiration moment i couldn't stop thinking about that little axe that he did yeah and so there will be no part of me you know i've, I've put up a couple of pictures on instagram and every single time it's like Alex and I even tagged you in it too Steve because yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. never met Alex if I hadn't met you so yeah same deal Al I, I do want to hear Al's thoughts on this you know if he's got some things because he's probably busier and running around to London and doing things for work and all this stuff like I think there's a dangerous side to obligation I think people yeah. feel like you have to do things when really you don't have to do things at all um I think we want to do things because we're nice and we want to do things because it makes us happy and we want to share knowledge and we want to share skill set and we want to give up time and I think it's it's super important and that's nice. Um but I think there's a there's an over sense of obligation um within our community because we are all such fucking good eggs um that people feel that they kind of have to go out of their way and sometimes it's detrimental. Yeah. Um, I think we all need to be a little bit more selfish sometimes. So although obligation is fantastic, um, it, you know, the origins of the word yeah. uh, actually mean something totally different. Um, and it's almost like a sense of kind of, uh, not guilt, but like, like you, 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 you feel like you have to do it. Yeah. And if you, ha if you, you feel like you have to do something, something's wrong. Um, yeah. so it's great. And I totally agree with the things both of you people said. Um, but I, I what do you mean you people? <laughs> what, what do you mean? mean? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, you're not obliged to do anything, Steve. Do what you fucking want. Yeah, Al, right back at you, bud. Yep, love you guys. All right. Speaking of these two guys, who I feel like are super spiffing, and I'm obliged to say so. Should we go into uh... more Tropic Thunder quotes? Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? Why are you doing it now? <laughs> you fucking asshole. Uh, right, seeing as, as, as Brett has decided <laughs> to take over, I guess we're going into so the back. steal. So, Al. Right, in keeping with the theme, um, we'll get a random letter generator and I'll shoot a letter your way and you've got to spiff someone beginning with that letter. Yeah. 
and Steve's first, and your letter is. Why are we doing the baseball? Puppy power. It's D. Letter D. D for Dirty Smith. Dirty Smith. Yeah. Rory. Was that just somebody's name that you picked, or have you got a reason to spiff him? Uh, I mean, there's the obvious reason to spiff him because if it wasn't for Rory, then this stupid shit probably wouldn't be happening. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know whether that's really a good thing or not, but um, but yeah, I mean, we we've talked about Rory on this show many a time. We all fucking love him. He's a great dude. Yeah, thanks Uh, for ruining my life, Rory. He uh, he's doing some good stuff, and he's. He he loves random shit like this. So and you guys will be hanging out with him soon. Woo-hoo! Yay! I found it weird that I've never actually met him face to face. Yeah, well, I thought the same thing about meeting Al at the airport, and then he dressed up like a proper boy. <laughs> the best boy. The best boy. If Rory's not in a suit when we turn up, I'm gonna be upset. Ugh. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> My turn. Random letter generator for yourself. M. I know who I'm going to spiff. It was going to be my spiffy anyway. Ha. Fuck. Makers International. Hey. So our buddies over at uh, everyone's second favorite podcast, um, Makers International, had their 100th episode uh, on Sunday. It was a fantastic episode. They had a couple of guests on. They had the Red Smith on and Mike Laffey. Uh, and Soph as well, because because uh, Rich was at Soph's house. But it was a great episode, um, a lot of reminiscing, uh, fantastic chat in the in the chat room, and it was just nice, kind of going over the hundred episodes, all the yeah. great things and they've talked about, and and the way they you know really put community first, but also entertain at the same time. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, here's the next hundred as well. Yeah, thank you guys, and I, I they shot some love my way recently, and I was. Very humbled by it. It's always really, really awesome to hear that from somebody like Jamie. Jamie's corner shouted me out. <laughs> Jamie's page. <laughs> right. Love it. Right. After your love gun got shot at you, um, your letter love is. <laughs> your letter is I. I Jessup. Oh, boom. Easy. 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 Plus, my axe is Gary sized, and I'm gonna put this out to all the people in the Fools of Tools room. Um, anytime you make something small, hashtag Gary sized. <laughs> we need to make it a thing across the universe because it's too much fun. And has everyone seen the river table that Gary yes. got? Amazing! Oh my god! Like <laughs> I hate river tables, but I love that one. <laughs> yeah, go watch. Yes, she was on the last episode. Anyways, I'm sure everybody already knows who she is. So. <laughs> good good noise um cool i think that's everything does if anyone, if anyone's have... wondering why we're doing a random episode and why we're all behaving like this it is almost midnight in the uk <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm just generally on like two hours of sleep constantly <laughs> so this is my brain yeah it was, it was a good episode though i i enjoyed it yeah i do have one thing Cool. Go, go, go. Okay, last thing is uh, Laura and Red both put out fail videos Yes. of them having a failed build, and I think that's awesome. Like, back-to-back, getting to see people that we respect in the community that are willing to put themselves out there is like, this is not going to be a final build. You're not going to see where I get with this. This is learning experiences. That should be, like... I don't know. I want to be kind of a, a cheerleader behind that stuff because yeah. I think it's nice to know that there's other people out there that aren't just perfectly making things all the time. And, you know, yeah, that makes really us all feel better when we have our screw ups. That's how you learn. That's how we gain experience and things. So go yeah. watch those videos if you haven't. Yeah, because we, we did a, an episode a little while back on uh, fails. And I know I spoke when I was speaking to uh, Red about it, we kind of mentioned that and i think it was a combination of that and laura putting out that video that made him go actually this is worth putting out and i'm really really glad he did because it was a really good video um so yeah good shout fantastic stuff all right guys uh cool i have one more very very quick thing um 
unrelated to making, but related to podcasts. Uh, if you heard one of our episodes ages ago, uh, we made some references to another podcast called Welcome to Night Vale. Um, their latest episode, which is 132, is fucking brilliant. Really, really, really enjoyable episode. Um, and it's it's separate enough from the main storyline that you don't need to have ever heard a, a Night Vale episode before, whereas most of the others, you kind of need to know the backstory. Um, so if you wanted to just jump in for just a quick test episode to see how weird and wonderful it is, then I would suggest 132 is a good place to to go, try it out, and then go back to the start. Um, Talk but, about random podcasts. Yeah. Really <laughs> fucking random podcasts. Also, I happen to kind of look like the fan art of the <laughs> narrator. <laughs> So, <laughs> not the actual narrator. Feel, feel free to Google <laughs> yeah. Cecil Baldwin yeah. Night Vale and just see what comes up. But the thing is, is have, have you actually seen Cecil in real life? Yeah. Absolutely. I got yeah. to meet him at FlameCon a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was super weird because I yeah. dressed up. I dressed up like Cecil, and it was like, oh, <laughs> you look like the guy I'm supposed to look like. Yeah. Well, when I first met him, I was like, I did not expect you to look like this or to be that tall. All right. Uh, thanks for joining everybody. This has been Night Vale Recap Talk and Weather <laughs> Time with the Fools. Foils with Soils. And now for the weather. Good uh, night, Night Vale. <laughs> Good night. Uh, cool. All right, guys. Uh, let's end this because uh, Brett keeps trying to steal my job. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You can find us on all of the normal platforms. As I don't know how to do Steve's accent. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, yeah, you can find us on all the normal places. Uh, you can find me at Moonshine Metalworks, Brett at Skull and Spade 13, and Al at Modern Builds. <laughs> oh, you're such a bad end. Uh, right. There we go. Uh, you can find all the details for everything on the website, fwtpodcast.com. Join the Facebook group if you're cool, if you're a dickhead, don't. And I think that's it. So see you later, everyone. We have a Patreon. Go say hi. There's stuff over there sometimes. I don't know. Al and I are in a music video. Go do it!